Hello and Happy New Year's Eve to all my lovely bubblies. Because uh, this episode comes out on New Year's Eve, so I'm not sure if you're going to be listening to it on the day it comes out as part of your New Year's Eve preparation. But if you are, thank you. And if not, if you're waiting until the new year when you're like, Ugh, I can't handle this chatty bitch right now, we'll do it later. Well then, thank you for remembering me and Happy New Year. <laughs> and of course, welcome to My Streaming Bubble. The podcast where I talk about the shows I love with the people I tolerate. I am your TV watching and talking host, Jen. And again, just thank you all for listening to this last episode of the year. Not forever. (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, (laughs) I know, not really, because it was kind of announced in the last episode that this was going to be the last episode of the year. Not forever. Uh, But as a reminder... I will be taking a small break throughout January, Um, just a break from releasing episodes, not a break from recording episodes. I've already got a handful of uh, recordings scheduled, and I'm very, very much excited for them because I've been doing these mini bubbles now for a while because life gets a little hectic, and, and and that's fine. I get it. And I really enjoy doing these mini bubbles like a lot. So these are probably just going to become more of a, a a normal thing for the podcast uh, next year and maybe upcoming years because these are fun for me to do. I don't need someone else to talk to. <laughs> I can go on and on and on forever all by myself. But oddly enough, these aren't necessarily easier to edit because I think I'm more hard on myself when it comes to the editing. Like, oh my God, I don't need to, we don't need that. I'm going to cut this, cut that. And I just get a little, I guess, pickier about it. Uh, Not so much when I have a tolerable on because I don't want to accidentally cut something out and in a way put words into their mouth or have something misconstrued. So I generally try and leave as much of tolerable conversation as I can. (laughs) That's a funny sentence. Um, But yeah, aside from that, and aside from editing these not being really any easier, I still really like doing these between the watch and reacts and the just me blabbing at you for 30 to 60 minutes. uh, I like it. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. So Be prepared for more of these. If you have any suggestions that would make for great solo mini bubbles, uh, let me know. Drop them in the comments. You can send an email to mystreamingbubble at gmail.com or just shout out to me on any of the socials, any social media preferred doom scrolling that you, oh Jesus, that you prefer. Fucking A. Anyway. Ah, I'm doing great. I'm off to a great start. So uh, let's see. So I think that pretty much takes care of a bit of old business. Just reminding you guys of the January break. I will be back in February. And since it's a leap year, uh, you'll get an extra episode that month. So all right, let's get on to what this episode is actually going to be about instead of me just rambling on about how I can ramble on. Um, And this episode, I'm going to share my thoughts and feelings on the Doctor Who Christmas special, The Church on Ruby Road. 
Um, but before that, I thought I would answer the couple of questions that I still had left over from the Ask Me Anything, the AMA uh, call earlier this year, a couple months ago. There were just a few questions that I didn't get to because I felt like I needed to think about it. I don't know. They kind of stumped me or I just did an overthinking, which is classic me as well. So before we get to the Doctor Who, I've just got some four questions here that I'll try and answer real quick. And then we'll get on to how I felt about this Doctor Who Christmas special. Anyway, here we go. So the last few questions that I have left were asked from, asked by Laura and my podcast brain twin, Aaron. And like I said, there's only four. We'll try and keep this short and sweet. (laughs) Famous last words. All right. What shows or movies made you completely forget about your phone? Solid question. I love this question because I will go with one that I recently watched as part of my holiday movie watching for the season. And it's one that I had never seen before, one I'd never even heard about before. So I went into it totally blind. And I admit I was on my phone for maybe the first few minutes Uh, But that did not last long because shit went fucking sideways and it was just, oh, it was just so beautifully done and there was fantastic twists and turns and the kills were amazing. (laughs) And that is the movie Better Watch Out. I better make sure that's the right title because I keep calling it Better Not Shout, but that's just because of the song. But yeah, so Better Watch Out. Uh, I watched it on, I think, Peacock or Tubi, but it's out there, available to stream from a good handful of, of places. Um, and basically, the the synopsis for it was real short, real simple, so I didn't really think a whole hell of a lot about it. Just thought it was going to be kind of a your standard holiday horror slasher f- flick. Um The synopsis on IMDb is, on a quiet suburban street, a babysitter must defend a 12-year-old boy from intruders only only to discover it's far from a normal home invasion. So, again, I'm just like, okay, babysitter slasher movie, yada, yada, yada. And I won't get too spoilery here, even though no matter how much I want to, because I think I'm going to save it and maybe do a proper mini bubble on it or an actual episode on it if anyone else has watched it and needs to talk about it. But I fucking loved this movie. And there's really something to be said about going into movies blind. I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't, like I said, didn't know anything about it. The movie's from like 2015 or 2016. And... I, this is the first time I'd seen or heard of it. It kept popping up on like a recommended for you uh, on Peacock or Tubi or wherever it was I watched it. So finally I was like, all right, fuck it. This is for me. We'll see. Yeah, that rhymed. Um, And it absolutely was for me. So I, I fucking loved it so much. Let me say that one more time, how much I fucking loved this movie. I think I gave it like a nine on IMDb. It is 100% part of my holiday movie rewatches. And I mean, it's up there because there's, I, I usually, especially with the holiday horror, I always start with like Black Mirror, the original one and the 06 because I like the 06. I like it more and more every time I watch it. <laughs> I know there's dozens of us, but this might have to go up there like 
after watching the original Black Christmas. Like, it's that fucking good. So that's a recent movie I've watched that made me completely forget about my phone. A TV show would probably be this, uh, would probably be Letterkenny. And the final season, <laughs> uh, Ugly Cry, uh, came out the day after Christmas, Boxing Day in Canada, and immediately watched it. And I surprisingly haven't started my rewatch of it yet, but... That one for sure made me put my phone down because I love that show so fucking much. Same thing with Shorzy. When season two dropped, I burned through that as quickly as I could. Um, but yeah, so I would think I'm going to say for like this last year, those are going to be like the top three that really stand out. I don't know if you really want to count Letterkenny and Shorzy since those were just um, additional seasons and it's not like it was a first watch. But anyway... We won't worry about that. I've spent enough time on that on that question. So on to the next one. Uh, how has podcasting changed your life? Well, it made it busier. <laughs> but like in the best way possible. I, you know, a serious answer. Here you go. Is I think it helped me with my listening skills. That and being put on ADHD medications probably helps too. <laughs> um, But... I feel like I've learned to listen better and not just waiting for my turn to talk and actually trying to hear what the other person is saying, especially if it's something that maybe we don't agree on. Maybe we're talking about a title that neither or that one of us liked and the other one didn't. Um, I'm always going to give my friends shit and tease them, but that does not change the core fact that you like what you want to like. That's fine. Uh, it And it also helps, too, when you have kids that like to ramble on and on and on and on and on and on and on about Minecraft and Roblox and Fortnite and holy shit, who gives a fuck? But it makes it, I guess it makes it a little easier for me to realize when I start spacing out. Because our youngest is like the human equivalent of a run-on sentence, which is something we've always said about him since he started talking. And then when he learned about run-on sentences at school, he came home and gave a verbal demonstration. And I'm just like, fucking no. Um, but I guess he gets that from his mummy. So, yeah, it's improved my listening skills. All right, next question. How has your vision for the podcast changed over time? Well, if anything, I think it's become more, I've become more confident in what I want this podcast to be. Uh, and because when I first started out, I really like I had a vague idea and that was just, you know, fan gushing about a recent binge, uh, an old favorite or a new favorite or anything like that. And it's still that. Um, but over time, because I started off with like zero structure uh, and I over time kind of created an outline and a flow and a structure for the podcast, I realized at one point that. I was putting down too much and I wanted and it was almost too structured and I wanted to kind of step back from that and keep things a bit more loosey-goosey and instead of me jotting down all the talking points I wanted my tolerables to feel free uh, to just bring whatever they want. I think having I think me laying all the talking points out I could see how that could maybe make some tolerables feel like 
there was things that maybe they couldn't bring up or weren't allowed or anything like that. And I never, ever, ever want that to be the case. All my tolerables, please feel free to bring to the discussion anything and everything you want to discuss. Uh, and we will do our best to hit it all in an hour and a half. <laughs> but so I think it's just it's become more more focused on the 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 flow of recording. I want my guests to feel comfortable and relaxed and that they can joke around and have a good time and go on tangents. Um and just try to keep it as casual as possible and kind of maintain that feeling of just hanging out with a friend that has this obsessive need to talk endlessly about a show or movie. Like, that's it. Um, and then adding in the Six Degrees of Nicolas Cage is just kind of a fun way for me to <laughs> tell the world how much I've always loved Nicolas Cage and just kind of a fun way to end an episode you know, especially in case we talk about anything with like heavier themes, just a nice light way uh, to kind of start closing it out. All right. And the final question is, is there an opinion on a film or TV show or actor that has changed since starting the podcast? And this is kind of this list continues to grow, especially when it comes to the actors, because as we continue to move forward from let's say just like the the me too moment all these people have come out and they're just fucking it's it's sad that it's not a gigantic surprise but being older and kind of seeing some of these actors that I grew up watching and being like damn you're not a good person you're kind of gross um through these older eyes it's just like ew sadly i think one for me would be um, Martin Freeman. So he has said some pretty terrible fucking things, eh? And uh, it's so, I, I just, I fucking hate it so much because I actually, I love him as John Watson and Sherlock. I love that series. I just finished uh, kind of my seasonal rewatch of that show. I usually watch it like twice because it's so short and easy to do. And he's great at as John Watson uh, in this version of Sherlock. And he's great with Benedict Cumberbatch. I said it right. Um, with him being Sherlock. And they just work so well together. And he's funny in that. But God damn, he has said some terrible things. And I don't want to repeat them. If you're not sure, just... You can Google it. It's fine. If you don't need, if you don't want to know, that's totally understandable. But he has, ugh, it's so frustrating. So it's been a little more difficult getting through this rewatch knowing that. All right. Well, that's pretty much going to do it for those last four questions from the AMA. And I'll go ahead and get on to the Doctor Who Christmas special, A Church on Ruby Road. So spoilers. Uh, in case, I don't know, you forgot. All right. So my general thoughts on the episode, I won't do too much recapping. I feel like that takes up way too much time. And if y'all are listening, then my assumption is that you already watched the episode. So you're probably like, I know, bitch, shut up, get to the point. Uh, let's see. So overall, 
I thought it was a great Doctor Who episode. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a great way to introduce the companion and for the Doctor to have their full first episode in. And again, I fucking, I am already so much in love with this Doctor. Uh, Shudy Gat was doing, in the little bits that we've seen, I think he's doing amazing, sweetie. And I love it. And I cannot wait for more. I love how he carries the doctor like like there's this confidence to the doctor uh to the 15th doctor that is different from the confidence I think we have seen with you know going back to new who uh nine I think had some confidence but nine was still very much like trauma ridden from uh the time war and everything uh 10 was more cocky than confident, in my opinion. And as much as I love David Tennant as the doctor, 10 will never, can never be my favorite. Sorry, that's just not going to happen because of his attitude. And it was the Time Lord victorious. And I mean, not a man of second chances, as I have said before. (laughs) And as much as I love that, and I love that version of the doctor, Again, he just can never be my favorite. I'm sorry. There was a confidence about Eleven as well. Borderline cocky, right? Because he has all these grandiose speeches. He gets too big for his britches and too big for his bow tie and all of that. And has to go around and like start deleting himself from places. And because it was just a bit too much. So, and then with Twelve... There was still a confidence, but I think also the whole questioning of whether or not, you know, when we first see 12, questioning whether or not he is a good man and this and that. So there's still a lot of this uncertainty and um, kind of just questioning. And and I think we'll, we'll always have that in the Doctor. Uh, a bit of that questioning, a bit of that kind of sadness, I guess, that uncertainty. But because I think we saw a little bit of little bit of that with 15 here but other than that but just something about how 15 presents themselves and carries themselves you know we saw that there's still a bit of sadness you know he tells ruby that he doesn't have anyone he was also adopted and you see kind of the sadness in him so you're always going to have maybe a little bit of like regret, guilt. And I think that's just going to be, that's just part of who the doctor is always going to be. Just a part of them, a part of them always. But there's just something, I, it's so hard to put into words. I don't know how else to explain it, but they're, this conf, I don't know, just this confidence in who they are and the way he says, I'm the doctor. Like, I I don't know. I just, I absolutely love it. If anyone else can put this into better words, please do so. I am failing here. But yeah, and then Ruby, I love that. So we get our mystery companion. We find out, you know, she was pretty much abandoned as a baby. And then we learn throughout the episode that there's no uh, genetic history of her parents uh, anywhere cannot find them anywhere. So this has led to a lot of theories on uh, who Ruby is, who her parents might be. I know one that I see, I think more often than not, is that it's Rose, other dimension Rose. And ugh, can it please not? (laughs) 
if it is, whatever. It, it's I'll deal with it then. <laughs> but I just I would like something a little different, please. <laughs> and then just to like just being an alien or whatever. So I like I like it when we have kind of like a mystery with the companion. We didn't have one with Rose and that's fine. We didn't really have one with Martha and that's fine too. A little bit with Donna because uh, how she kept encountering the doctor and these coincidences and the most important woman in the universe and that whole thing, you know, and then we get Amy Pond and the crack in her wall and that mystery on top of coupled with the mystery of who River Song was. And man, that was, I loved that twist. I will never forget where I was. I was on the couch, big surprise, and was just like, <gasps> loud, gaspy sounds. Um, and then, of course, with Clara, with Eleven, the impossible girl, and how she kept popping up throughout the doctor's life. And then, uh, and then let's see, did Bill, Bill Potts didn't really have a big mystery about her, other than just kind of like her mom and then uh, 12 goes back and takes a bunch of pictures of her mom and and so she has those and that's so sweet um and yeah i don't really think anything with uh any of 13's companions uh so it's nice to have a mysterious companion again i think that's just a lot of fun um kind of just keeps you guessing so and yeah ruby's already proving to be very capable she's just jumping right in, just like all great companions do, not running away, but running towards. And I I really look forward to see uh to see these two running around and saving the universe, running around through time and space. Uh and then we also meet Ruby's mum and her grandmum, uh Carla and Cherry Sunday, because it's Ruby Sunday. And <laughs> I just love it. And I already absolutely love Carla and Cherry, the queens in the sky, I think, is, as Cherry put it, because they live in the attic of this uh, flat, I guess, or whatever, that's still rent controlled, so they're never, ever going to move. But, you know, when we when we see their apartment and we meet them, they're all so full of life and love, and it's contagious, and you kind of can't help but love that. And it's just so bright and colorful, and there's Christmas decorations, and Carla's a foster parent. She has fostered 33 bebes, and she still keeps in touch with some of them. And I just, I love that so much. And so she's about to foster a bebe that shares a lot of coincidences with Ruby. But the way that they're all so excited, and they're just looking forward to it, and they're super pumped, like a part of me was thinking that someone was going to be like, oh God, now again, what? But they were all super jazzed. I think Cherry had some kind of tongue in cheek comment about like, oh, it's going to ruin Christmas. But she kind of smiled knowing that she was kind of being a smart ass and everything, but seemed to be looking forward to it as well. And I just, I love these women so far. I love them so much. I cannot wait to get more of them. Oh my God. And then Cherry's interaction with the doctor and just that little flirtiness. Ah! I love it so much. <laughs> I feel like I'm blushing or something because they're just so. Ah. Um, <laughs> um, but also, let's make sure that let's stay on top of getting Cherry her tea. All right. That's that's all the woman wants. <laughs> so I uh, I look forward to getting to know 
these this family because you know and then we find because since ruby was a you know abandoned carla was her foster mom and then later adopted her so that's her family all right and then you know so we get the goblins (laughs) and you know what I have to say, I kind of, I loved the goblins. I thought they were adorably hideous. Some of them had dressed like elves or something, little Santa hat or elf hats. And they they kidnap uh, the baby, Lulabelle, to eat her and feed her to the Goblin King. And I just thought that this was a really fun way to introduce Ruby and the doctor and seeing the doctor <laughs> learning the ropes <laughs> Getting to know the rope language. Silly and fun. I love it. And watching them outsmart the goblins and the goblin king. Now, we also get like a musical number up on this like pirate goblin airship. Uh, And I didn't hate it. I think what it was for me was that I was not expecting that voice to come from the singing goblin. I was expecting something a bit more goblin-y and not something like with a legit voice. (laughs) It was wonderful and it was so much fun. And, And I'm trying to think, I think this is like, is this the first time we've had like a musical number like this? I mean, other than like when the master does master things and, you know, Rasputin or even like the toy maker uh, in the giggle to Spice Girls. That's that's kind of it. But we definitely I'm like 100 percent sure we've never gotten a singing doctor. And I I love it so much. I don't care if this season is like part musical because the doctor can sing, he can dance, and I love the song, and I love how it's basically, obviously, like, this is what we're going to do. You're not going to eat this baby, blah, 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 but, like, the Goblin King and everyone's just bopping along to it, like, yeah, this is a great jam. God help me. I want more of that. <laughs> but not too much. Not Let's not overdo it or anything, but I, I, I really enjoyed the musical number. It was just, it, like I said, it was just so much fun. So they save the baby. They bring back, they bring it back to the flat just in time. So Carla's unaware that anything really happened or went down. But everything outside is looking kind of spooky. Here, I, here I'm doing a recappy thing. But then, you know, because of how coincidences play into all of this, I think that's also tied to the salt at the end of creation or whatever existence. Uh some of that superstition a bit is I think coming into play here Uh, again with the constant mention of coincidences, the goblins and all of that. Um, But then, yeah, then we get like the big crack in the ceiling and you gotta love Dr. Who and their cracks in the walls and people disappearing like classic. So (laughs) cherry, Oh, not cherry. Sorry. Uh, Ruby disappears. And the doctor susses out that since the goblins couldn't take Lulabelle, they went back in time and took Ruby. So the doctor has to go back and make sure that doesn't happen. And this is where, so the moment that like the crack appears and Ruby disappears, I felt this is where the episode took a turn for the dramatic 
and a bit darker. I mean, it's literally darker toned because this world without Ruby is now drab. Carla is, she seems so bitter. Uh, Cherry is just like laying in bed. She doesn't seem to care about needing tea or being upright, watching shows or doing word puzzles or whatever she does. Just kind of like, I'm here. But the way Carla's face was when she talks about you know, why she's why she's a foster mom and that she's only fostered like a few kids and that she's just in it for the money. Why would she want to take on a daughter full time? And it's just so sad and heartbreaking to see. And the doctor gets and that's resonating with the doctor like he's seeing it and he's just like, yeah, this isn't OK. And, you know, that he's got to go and make it right. And so he does. He goes back in time to when Ruby was dropped off at the church and everything and stops the goblin pirates from taking her because he's got these cool fancy gloves that does gravity mavity things. I don't remember. Sciency wiency. Uh, Dr. Hooey Wooey. And I thought this is even though even though we know like he's going to save her and all of this, like this for me was just kind of a classic very like tense dramatic moment of oh my god is he actually gonna save her like like i'm pretty sure he is but oh my god what if he doesn't and they just set us up and they lied to us about who the next companion is (laughs) but i was a little i was a little nervous for a minute and i know how ridiculous that that is i acknowledge that because i kind of chuckled to myself i'm like i don't know why I'm so stressed out right now, but I am. But I think it was just the dramatics of him pulling down on the rope ladder, bringing that ship down, and eventually killing the Goblin King, which was quite the choice. I honestly was not expecting, like, it's one thing for the Goblin King to die, I guess, but to be impaled how he was and to see it, and it's not like it was graphic or anything, but I was just like, oh, okay, we're just going to do that and show that. All right cool (laughs) so 15 saves the day saves ruby and in doing so he's able to see the back of the woman the person that drops her off drops ruby off at the church and he doesn't go running towards her why he knows that ruby doesn't know who her parents are or anything so does the doctor know who that is does he have theories on who that is and isn't interfering What's up with that? Who is this woman? Is it actually Ruby's mom? Is it someone else? Uh, Is it... And who is her mom? There's... Yeah, like I said, there's the theory that it's like other dimension Rose and uh, whatever. If it is, it is. I'll deal with it then. Let's... I just really hope not. But there... The doctor does seem to know a bit more about Ruby than he's kind of letting on. Because even at the beginning in the club, it feels like he's been tracking her I don't want to say following her because that sounds way creepier but (laughs) I don't know if tracking is any better (laughs) probably not uh but yeah he seems to be like keeping an eye on her in a way and we'll we'll see we're see we'll you will see where all of this all these questions takes us what answers we'll get uh what new questions we might get after those questions are answered So I look forward to it. 
so yeah, so he saves Ruby. He comes back to the present and Ruby's there and everything's as it should be. There's still the big crack in the ceiling and a uh, broken window and everything. But he he did it. He saved her. And then he pops back out to towards his TARDIS and Ruby starts kind of putting everything together, like some of the things that he said about Houdini and and going back and this and that and time travelers and time travelers are like, wow, man. I <laughs> So he's so they're back and everyone's happy. And yeah, so Ruby figuring out that the doctor's a, a time traveler and all of that goes running out. Doesn't seem to find him right away. Her neighbor, who kind of starts off as like a bitchy cow, is all of a sudden like, very, although she was always like really pleasant towards Ruby. She was just kind of a bitch towards the other neighbor guy. But now she seems much happier, the neighbor lady, Mrs. Flood. And she points Ruby over to where the TARDIS is. Ruby does the classic like running in and then comes back out, runs around the runs around the TARDIS. That's always so much fun. Just that moment where the companion or anyone first sees the TARDIS. I it, I love it. It's between the it's bigger on the inside, it's smaller on the outside, whatever it might be. Or when 12, he finally has his go. Oh, my God, that's <laughs> that's so much fun. <laughs> he just walks in. He's like, oh, my God. Ugh. Love it. Um, but then, yeah, so she takes off. She's already kissed her mom and grandmom goodbye because she knows what to do now. <laughs> she knows like, oh, it's my turn. It's my go. And zooms off with the doctor in the TARDIS. And Mrs. Flood is the neighbor lady sitting there and then seems to be breaking the fourth wall and says to us, what? You've never seen a TARDIS before? And it's like, Oh, fuck. Who are you? So plenty of theories on who Mrs. Flood might be. I was actually just messaging with uh, Eric and Laura about it. And he saw an article on Huffington Post that about some of the different theories. I hadn't read it yet, but we shared he shared some of his. So his first theory on who Mrs. Flood is, is uh, that it's the elderly version of Ruby and she lives next door to her younger self to protect her and make sure she goes down her chosen path. Um, I got to say, I don't like that one. <laughs> I actually, I kind of hate it. Um, I think it's too predictable, too Dr. Hui. It just, it seems too safe. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, another theory is that Mrs. Flood is another Time Lord or Time Lady, uh, could still possibly be the Master because we know the Master isn't gone gone. He, the Master was locked into the Toymaker's gold tooth, uh, which fell when the Toymaker was banished, and we see someone pick it up, and we don't know who yet. I'm still thinking it's all very much related to Jinx Monsoon's character, villain character who we have yet to meet. And then another theory, Mrs. Flood is someone from the doctor's past who is now a senior citizen. Uh, in his opinion, it's River Song. And I definitely do not think it's that. I think that one is terrible. <laughs> I think that's worse than the first one. <laughs> and, you know, it could very well be either of those because, because Eric says that it's, you know, the, the, 
future Rose or future Ruby one is classic Doctor Who predictable. And I guess it is, you know, but I just I want more twists, you know, you know, like like the twist with River Song or like the twist with Missy, because when Michelle Gomez popped up, you're like, oh, who is this villain? And later then reveals herself to be the master because she couldn't very well keep calling herself that now. Oh, my God. Again, loud gaspy noises. So I want more loud gaspy moments (laughs) with this season. (laughs) The first loud gaspy moment I got was actually when the episode ended and it said Doctor Who will return in spring of 2024. I was not happy to see that. I was like, that's so long. But that gives me plenty of time to rewatch all of these specials, these four great, great fucking episodes. I loved them so much. Please don't ask me to rank them. I can't. <laughs> it's too hard. Um, this was a great episode. It's it's a in terms of Christmas episodes and introducing the doctor and the companion, it it works, it fits. The like I said, the goblins were perfect. Um, we get like the singing doctor and Ruby and a little bit more of that, please. Um, cause again, Ruby just kind of goes along with it. She does have a quick look of like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening, but doesn't misstep. And she, and she's able to go kind of with the flow. And I love that. I love, I just, I love that in the companions. So, oh boy, that was a lot. Did I breathe at all? during this recording I don't know <laughs> but I don't know uh kind of one last thing I don't know that I would say that this is and near any of my favorite Christmas episodes holiday specials um I still like the husbands of river song I love that one so fucking much I love seeing 12 and river and river getting her night under William that's 24 years oh my god oh I loved it so much um Last Christmas. I love that one as well. Nick Frost's Santa is like the best Santa. Uh, And this one, also great. It's nowhere near any of my least favorites. It's probably just kind of somewhere in the upper middle. Um, And who knows, that can change with more rewatches as I pick up a little bit more here and there. But uh, But solid fucking episode. And I cannot wait for the next season. I don't want to, but I don't really have a choice. So I'm just going to quietly whine for the next few months until we get some new episodes. (laughs) All right. So I'm just going to kind of do a quick stray bubbles thing real quick. Make sure I've got, I've mentioned everything that I need to. Okay. So a couple things real quick that I did not mention. Um, The new Sonic. Compact? I don't, I don't hate it, but I don't know if I love it yet. So we'll just kind of have to see um, where this all kind of goes. And I kind of miss the whole like when the doctor gets a new Sonic and seeing all of that. Because there were some things that we didn't see in this Christmas episode with the introduction of the new doctor. Instead of running around being like, who am I? What kind of man am I? Am I a good man? A man of second chances or not? Uh, Or any of that, like again with that confidence he's dancing in the club he's having a fabulous time there's just so much happiness and joy exuding from him that it catches the eye of ruby and she can't help but smile and be like oh that guy's having fun 
So we didn't get any of that because sometimes with that we do get the new TARDIS or screwdriver, but we already got the new TARDIS and now we just have the new screwdriver that looks a bit more like a compact. And like I said, I don't hate it. I don't know if I love it yet. Uh, I I didn't hate the Sonic sunglasses. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, I'll probably come around to the Sonic Compact. I don't know. Um, I don't think the 12-year-old liked it much. It's not in what you expect the Sonic screwdriver to be. Uh, let's see. Another quick note is now I know that it's not in all of the Christmas specials. I know. I've tried finding it and listening for it. Um, and that's fine. But there's just, I was kind of hoping we'd get Slade's Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, cause it there, it's in enough of them where I half expect it. So a little bummed we didn't, but that's okay. Maybe next year. And, and of course, keeping Mavity. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Cause it's, it's that's what it's called now. It's not gravity. It's Mavity. Thank you, Donna. Uh, and even though the doctor is fully aware of that, the doctor knows to go along with that. Why would you call it? Why would they call it gravity if no one knows it that way? So. All right. Well, I think that is about it for me for this year. Oh, my God. What a year it has been. It's been a year. Uh <laughs> Uh, I hope everyone had a great year, no matter uh, what they did or didn't do. And, you know, even if it wasn't overall great, I hope there were great moments that you can hold on to and carry with you into the next year to hopefully have a great next year, a great 2024. Um, yeah, I just I just want to say real quick. um. Thank you, everyone, for all of your support for this last year and the last four years and the last 150 plus episodes. I, I, I wouldn't, I'd still probably be doing this, <laughs> but I appreciate that I have listeners and that you guys, like I said, supporting me and I love it. I love you all so much. Always a big thanks to my tolerables for being so tolerable, uh, yeah, it's I I love doing this and I look forward to doing more of these. I look forward to getting back and recording episodes with tolerables. Uh like I said, I love doing these solo mini mini bubbles, but nothing really beats just fan gushing about something with a friend. All right. Well, that's it for me this year. Again, thank you guys so so much for everything. Um and before I go, I just want to make sure that you guys are following me again on whichever social media doom scroller you prefer. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm still calling it Twitter. I'm not calling it the other thing because the other thing is fucking stupid. <laughs> but you can find me on Twitter as Streaming Bubble. No my in that. Uh, on uh, Facebook, Instagram and threads as my Streaming Bubble. And if you have suggestions or thoughts you want to share, you can always send those to mystreamingbubble at gmail.com. Comment below on wherever you see this post or this episode posted. But most importantly, be sure to rate, follow, and share this podcast wherever you get your podcast fix. And I hope you have or will have 
you have had or will have a safe and happy new year and keep streaming. See you in 2024. Bye. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. Find me on Facebook and Instagram as My Streaming Bubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? Email me at MyStreamingBubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, search My Streaming Bubble over at BuyMeACoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase My Streaming Bubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support and keep streaming.